0: This is, The Rest of America, on GlobalCrossover.com, and JusticeNews.net, with Imran Siddiqui, in Washington, D.C. You're listening to, A Conversation with the Former Mayor of Cranston, Rhode Island, Steve Laffey, the Republican Presidential Candidate for 2024.
1: as a U.S. presidential candidate for 2024. So, you know, I, I, I've covered uh, elections in other parts of the world uh, and in the U.S. Yeah. I was there. But what I can't understand is that the so-called developing part of the world, when they have elections, they have different candidates, the media talks to them. There is a two-party system in a lot of those other countries, but the, but other parties still get uh, chances. Why is it that people in America and candidates like yourself, you know that it's a, it's a really tight spot in the Republican Party, but you still took the chance, probably thinking that because you your values are conservative and the Republican voter, voter base would connect with you. But what if there was a third party and that party was called a conservative party? And the people from those parties would go to these conservative, mm-hmm. simple Americans who want who want to follow God and live their lives and take care of their families and live a debt-free life, maybe these guys would connect with you and then directly vote for you. Yeah. I don't know.
2: I only see one solution for this election cycle since I've always been a Republican since I'm 18, right? Um, and that's to run as a Republican because I never thought that any, that I would have enough uh, attention if we started another party and so forth. So, And I am a Republican in a sense, but I'm an old-line Republican that maybe only 25% of republicans today really align with to, to start with by the way to start with yeah i'm the only person that could represent 25 to 35% of the republican po- electorate out there who who when they hear me are like yes that's what we want yes i've been waiting for you to show up yes i'm in but but again if the media refuses if fox news refuses because they cover only robert f kennedy junior who appears to be a complete crackpot i'm, I'm sorry I mean, if they only cover Robert Kennedy Jr., and when, I mean, Robert, Kennedy, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., I feel terrible that his father died. I, I love, uh, politically, his father and, and his uncle. I'm, uh, but they were, by the way, pro-national defense, pro-life people, right? So, but Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is, is, is uh, like out of the movie White Christmas, where Danny Kaye keeps ru- rubbing his right arm, because whenever he gets stuck, he starts talking about his father and his, and his uncle. I mean, it's, it's horrific to watch what Fox News is doing for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Why? He's not going to be the president of the United States.
1: Distraction.
2: So, by the way, he wants the Koch brothers to be killed. He, he was a friend of Hugo Hez. I mean, what, what, what else is there to say? Except, that, except the media totally ignores it because they think they have something people want to listen to. And now I have friends who say, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is fascinating. I'm like, fascinating. Do you know anything about him? So the media does decide. Now, I bet, and I and I've said this publicly and I'll tell you, I bet that by less my bet, I should say it this way, my bet is that by late September of this year, it may very well be that left of center networks say to themselves, Trump is actually gonna beat Biden.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Two, they say to themselves, wait a second, we thought Chris Christie could take on Trump.
1: Are you kidding me?
2: Two <laughs> percent. Yeah, that's what they think now. That's why CNN has 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 a Chris Christie day every day. I mean, every day Chris Christie's on these shows. He's at two percent. Chris Christie. We used to ask me about other candidates, and again, I'm not personally against Chris Christie, but he announces by saying character counts. He has no policies for America. He's going to take down Trump. That's why he's running. <laughs> he's actually running so he can get a job. But he's actually running to get a three hundred thousand dollars a year job on MSNBC when it's over. That, that's what Probably. he's doing. <laughs> It's obvious to everybody, and even him. But, but so he runs. He's going to take down Trump. He doesn't do anything about taking down Trump. And by the way, he announces by saying character counts, except I say publicly, wait a second. Yes, it's true character counts. Governor Christie, you left office with a 14% approval rating at Governor New Jersey. You had two of your people in your administration go to jail over Bridgegate. They went to jail, Governor. You closed the beaches, and then you and your family sat on them while they were closed, videotaped. That's why people mm-hmm. hate you in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. You love Donald Trump, even after he said on tape, I grab women by the private parts, and I go from there to Billy Bush.
1: Damn.
2: You said he was a good guy because you wanted a job in the administration. You only turned against him when you didn't get a job in his administration. Mm-hmm. So that's what we call, that's a definition of a sycophant. That's someone who acts servily underneath somebody because they want something. And now they're backstabbers. Now, the thing about backstabbers, and I just want to use the term very frankly, whether it's Vice President Pence or people who worked for the president who are running against him, nobody likes a backstabber. In this is why they're going nowhere. I mean, the Ron DeSantis commercial in 2018 where he, he, he teaches his kid to read by saying, make America great again, it's, it's an unbelievably commercial about how much he loves Trump because he wants his support. Yeah. And I suppose in 2018, Trump helped him win the governorship. Nobody likes that at all. It'd be like, I told you about Alan Morgan. If Alan Morgan has said to me today, Steve, I'm getting into the U.S. Pre- no, he's not. He's 80 years old. I'm getting into the U.S. president's race today. I'd probably get out and help him. <laughs> I owe my career to a wonderful man named alan morgan he 's not running don 't get me wrong, but if he had said in two thousand and one when I, we were leaving the firm i 'm going to run for the u s Senate I would have helped him
1: mm. i wouldn
2: 't have run when I came home to run for and I, to Rhode Island, I tell you the story of Cranston. But a childhood friend, which I mentioned, Jimmy Bennett, Peter Bennett's older brother, was running for governor. It never occurred to me to run against him for governor of Rhode Island, although many of my Harvard Business School friends would be like, hey, I'll send you what, what money you want, Steve, but why are you running for governor? I'm like, I can actually help Cranston. But Jimmy Bennett was running for governor. So nobody likes, and their family helped raise me. I mean, literally raise me. Like I'm here today because the Bennett brothers and Mrs. Bennett and Mr. Bennett helped me. I wouldn't run against Jimmy Bennett on a bet or any of the Bennetts. But that's what they all decided to do. And nobody, just so they, if they listen to the show, nobody likes that. That's the major reason they're going nowhere.
1: Because the first thing I heard in your interview when I first found out about you is that the the anchor asked you uh, uh, a question saying that, how can you even think about running when Donald Trump is in the House? And your answer just blew me away, which I've never heard. You said this as far as I can remember. You said, what are you talking about? You're talking about a guy who's probably going to end up in jail, and then you're going to say, uh-oh, oh, we don't have any candidate for a president. Right. Are you talking about that guy? <laughs> and, and and the anchor couldn't even respond to you because it's like for a second he thought, uh-oh. Oh, no. Oh, What if he's right? What are we going to do then? Yeah. He had never heard that. He had never heard the, the announcer. Nice
2: man. Had never heard someone say that.
1: You had the guts. Uh, to say that. I mean, it's it's an open record, right? But people don't want to say it because they want to be politically correct. But you you can't help an American survive by being politically correct. No, you got to be factual at the same time. Yeah. If people uh, in America have the right to say what they want, I also have a right to say that I clearly read about the story of people of lot and I know what happened to them. Yeah. And this is not a joke because these are historical facts that haven't been able to be pushed back, and and it's not just in one book of God; it's in uh, at least four, three to four books that I've gone through, including the Torah, the Psalms, the Bible, and the Quran, that there are instances where we've read about uh, what happens to people who go against the commands of the Creator, the one who made all of us. So, why is it so difficult? People who have faith in America to be able to say, and even the, the leaders in the church, that hey, you can agree with LGBTQIz, but I do not. Yeah, this is not a part of my value. I don't mean any harm to them. They can go and do whatever they want, but they can't stop me. From saying that I don't agree with it, and and if if I say that I don't agree with it, because my kids are watching too, yeah, and if I say that I don't agree with it, and they would go out and ban me, and block me, or create codes that would put that be put against my name so that I can get a job, yeah, and or that I I can't get any numbers on social media without paying a Ponzi uh, uh, down payment because I've been blocked because I said something that went against their uh, agenda. What would you say about that?
2: Well, I say that I begin by talking about Jesus.
1: I happen to be an evangelical
2: Christian. I believe every word of the Bible is true. You know, it's, it's the true word of God. Again, I'm, but, but then people have a problem with me because I'm a Harvard Business School grad. I seem to know a lot about a lot of stuff. So they don't know what to say when I say this stuff, right? But again, you can believe something different. Not, you, not everybody can. You can believe something different. I'm trying to fix Social Security. What I really dislike, though, are people who try to have it both ways. I mean, There's no b- bigger example of that than uh, Mr. Ramazwamy. I mean, watch him speak. He's a practicing Hindu. Now, if he announced for president and said, I'm a practicing Hindu, I know not many people in America are. I believe in Brahma and I be- as a god, because he believes in one god. He believes in Brahma, and he believes in uh, reincarnation. I don't agree with any of that. He can say that, but what he says is something more sinister. He says he was educated in, a, in a, a Catholic school, blah, 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 It goes in as one God, and then he says he's a practicing Hindu and have people forget about that fact he's a practicing Hindu. That, it will never say he believes in Jesus. By the way, he, does, he doesn't have to be president, but he needs to be honest with people up front. But I think you'll find many people in politics like to have it both ways. Again, Joe Biden is a great example. He's a Roman Catholic. Listen, I grew up Roman Catholic. I'm not a Roman Catholic anymore. Um, But he's pro-abortion. Well, the Catholic Church is not pro-abortion. Catholic Church is pro-life. and so, But they've all managed since Ted Kennedy and Chappaquiddick to try to have it their own way. Remember, Ted Kennedy, who killed a lady, Chappaquiddick, was pro-life until then, and then became pro-abortion to save his butt with the liberals that were growing. So this happens all the time where people either make too much of it or try to avoid the truth. For me, if I'm not elected because I'm a Christian, well, so be it. That's me, and that's how I operate, and I don't mind saying it, right, at the beginning of any conversation. The part where people have hatred for that is because they've substituted and don't want to admit that they've substituted another God instead of the real God. They just have. It could be Taylor Swift. It could be, you know, whatever.
1: It could be a Facebook. It could be Yes, and TikTok, they're gods. Yeah, money, yeah, cars, wealth. But I do believe,
2: and I believe because I believe in the Bible that the that the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. That is true. And and it's and it and it just is. So the lack of fear in God now in this country is one of the reasons we're having great problems. And in 1962, they took prayer out of school, and things went downhill from there. Someone should grab some of the books they used, and I believe, and I think this is true, not even with the use of computers, you go look at some of the people who were admitted to Bowdoin College in the eighteen hundreds, where I went to Bowdoin College in Brunswick, Maine. You look at Longfellow, you look at people what they learned before they went there. I think it's vastly superior to what people learned or learn now before they get to college. They learned, they they read more books, they know more, they knew they knew, they knew more, they read more books. They knew more words. They had a bigger vocabulary than people today, I believe. So this thing is really headed downhill and at a quickening rate, which is why I'm running for president. Because we have to arrest this like I did in Cranston, quickly. No one, no one should be saying we have a 20-year plan to fix America. Uh-huh. We need a plan to fix America like I have that will cause, pain, but over four years, we'll come out of it. We'll be better off. And we need a revival in America, not just a religious revival. We do, but we need a revival in, in, in believing in America. And, and that's why I say, when asked how would you unite the country, Steve Lavery, I say by enlarging and bringing back the middle class, because many Democrats know that's the problem too. In fact, in fact, look at the look at research and look at the one issue that both Democrats and Republicans are close enough to agree upon. They agree upon that Social Security is broke. Yeah. It's it's forty eight and four. If you look at things like guns, it's seventy percent of Americans think you know, Republicans think guns are fine, and twenty percent of Americans you know, of Democrats think guns are fine. But you look at survey, we can unite people. It's a third rail issue, but when I speak about it, everybody knows I'm right. Literally, everybody knows I'm right in the audience.
1: Yeah, I think that your uh, challenge would be how to cut through the BS of corporate America. Yes, which is the twenty twenty five percent and and the rest of America. Uh, that is just waiting to hear from you. This is a question from an Uber driver, an (laughs) American who drives an Uber, who did not before, but because of whatever happened, he's doing this now. So he asked me to ask you that as an Uber driver, he's driving and he hears about the government, his government that he pays into is bailing out banks and corporations and, and all that. So he asked me this question. He said, Imran, how do we get the money and I said the, the paper money and he said yeah Because the digital money comes out of basically nothing thin air but paper money. I said they're printing it Yeah, it does he said well if they're he said they're printing it in the US. I said yeah, they're they're printed Yeah, and this was this was a ride in DC So he said that they're printing the money right here and I said yeah, so he said well ask him if the United States government is the biggest printer of money Why don't they print the money and give it to their people so that they don't have to die out of poverty and hunger? Well, then
2: you have massive inflation. Uh, uh, The the answer to that is simply that we have a system of where the Federal Reserve, most of our money is created through banks. Um, Not so much the Federal Reserve, it goes to the banking system and by lending it out, that helps the creation of money to be very simple with with it if we would just to do what venezuela did which is just simply print money hand it to people you would have massive
1: inflation like venezuela even if it's backed up by gold even if the money is backed by oh well
2: that's different we we, we wouldn't just hand it to people then the money should be backed up by gold and one day i hope it is again because then we have a system to control budget deficits they can't get too big or all the gold will leave it's very simple system gold has been around you know since the time of Jesus and people have used it and what governments tend to do back in the day before they had paper money to debase the currency they chipped off a little gold and put a little silver in and they chipped off a little silver and put a little copper in right and 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 we're basically doing that today with what we do with our currency now the 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 only good news for people is that being the world's reserve currency which we are and it's been fairly stable even though the euro came along so many years ago and they took 20 percent of the currency translations but if you're sitting in Venezuela you want US dollars the reason that China communist china if it's always communist will never be the world's reserve currency is that you can't even buy their bonds you can't transact in the currency so but that doesn't mean that we can keep doing what we're doing which is like wantonly spending you know i always tell people that if we had 32 trillion dollars of total debt and all the streets i drove on were like a highway from heaven you know And and the public schools are like, wow, this is great. Everybody's learning. I can't believe it. But we have nothing to show for thirty-one trillion dollars of debt. So the direct answer to his question is that's not the way we we create money in our country. Nor should we. We shouldn't just be giving it to people on the streets because we'll have nothing but inflation. Um, And so it has to be done in a way. But yes, that's why I I propose changing the Fed Reserve to start with to having zero inflation. That's all they do. That will cause Congress to have to do its job, and you'll have a lot of problems initially when that happens, if it happens. But it's still better than waking up, tell the Uber driver, and I'll tell the next Uber driver, waking up 20 years from now and saying, wow, I am going to get Social Security. They're going to give me $2,000 a month. I've worked really hard at this Uber job, but effectively versus today, they have $200 a month. That's what's going to happen if I'm not president or someone like me isn't president that changes the system. And, the, and the, the reason that no one will do it is that, and again, I know politicians, almost all of them play a game of musical cheers, hoping that when the music stops, they've retired.
1: Mm.
2: And most of them get away with it. The mayor of Cranston, Rhode Island, when I came home, did not. I embarrassed him so badly at a public meeting before I announced that he didn't run for mayor and never ran again and has never been heard from again. And even though I worked out with him at the Cranston YMCA, not with him, I saw him at the Cranston YMCA where I worked out as mayor, I was the mayor. He never spoke to me again. (laughs) So so not the Y anyway, not after the election. So uh, he was caught with no seat. He didn't get to sit down. The world ended. It's happened. It's Mm -hmm. happened to people in the French Revolution. You know, it's happened. And it's going to happen in America but politicians don't think that way. They think they can postpone it. And they also think that
1: they don't have to tell you the truth. You gotta be uh audacious, I guess, if I could put it in the best words that I can come up with right now. <laughs> that that you know you know what the ground is like. I mean, you know there's Trump out there, you know there's Biden and all these other people. Yeah. You know you might not have a chance. Yeah. Or you might. I mean, because, I mean, at the end of the day, God is in charge. God. That's right. And I just wanted to clarify that as far as my personal belief is, I believe in one God, the Almighty, but I believe that Jesus, Messiah Jesus, son of Mary, is a messenger of God and he's returning. He's not God himself. So we might differ in that, but I'm not going to go kill you for that. I mean, (laughs) I call myself a submitter, a Muslim. Right. Right. I would lose my standing in front of God as a submitter if I deny the role that God gave to Jesus. When Jesus spoke, he, uh, the, the word of God was coming out. But that didn't make him God because God also spoke from behind the fire when he spoke to Moses. God also spoke behind from a whirlwind when he spoke to Job. But those were not God. So we might differ in that.
2: Yeah, and that's the thing about people disagreeing. I mean... In this society, we, we no longer have a place where you and I can simply disagree. And, 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 and in another conversation, we could try to convince each other and talk about our beliefs and then leave disagreeing probably, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's, we don't have a society in politics where we do this anymore.
1: No, it does not. And,
2: and, I, and I tell people, I go back sometimes, and I've done this several times, I may do it now that I've said it again because I just thought of it, but in 1960, go people go and watch the Nixon-Kennedy debates. They disagreed. It seems to be so small what they're disagreeing on versus what's going on today. They didn't hate each other. Nixon, by the way, thought he had won the election, thought it was stolen out of Cook County, Illinois, and maybe it was by Kennedy's father. Who knows? I don't know. These are, we don't know. What did Kennedy do? Did he spend all of his time for the next two years saying it was a bad election and no one should? Of course he didn't. He said it was a real election. He had lost. He at one point said, you don't need to hear from me anymore. Then he came back in 68 and won, won the presidency. So, um, But that, those were real men, you know, who, and it could have been women, but they were real men that had disagreements but were civil. We no longer have that. And we have, in many ways, Donald Trump to thank for that. But also the Internet, what people think. By the way, think about this. Um, the most surprising thing that's happened in this election so far was when I was on ABC News live worldwide and it went viral uh, talking about Trump going to jail and so forth. And I think I think he will. Uh, and I, I think and by the way, I've said publicly that I've defended Donald Trump about not being a Russian spy. I thought that was a piece of junk. I, I love the judges that he I, that he put forth for the most part on the Supreme Court. I think that's great. and So forth. And, and thank him for that. But the part about taking these documents, I think he should be in jail for, and I have good reasons for that. Now, what happened was it went viral on a Yahoo thing, and the most surprising thing was not that 150,000 people went and watched me for six minutes. The most surprising thing was that on a percentage basis, scrolling down, most of them were very positive by by far. Almost all the time, you see no matter what someone puts up, the comments are totally negative by hidden people who have false names, mm. who are basically saying, you suck. Yeah. <laughs> and and, that's, and I, don't, I don't even know. I was taught never to boo. I've never booed anybody. So when I see Marjorie Green, Representative Green, booing President Biden, I'm horrified. Mm. Because that's the beginning of breakdown of our society, a breakdown of our government. You don't boo President Biden when you're sitting in Congress. You remain silent. You don't have to cheer.
1: The thing is that I think people have that two ounces of intellect where they can tell that this guy is not bullshitting. I think people have that sanity. Yes. But I think it gets overshadowed by uh, network-based yes. programming that just pounds on people's heads and it re- regurgitates twenty-four-seven. You know, because they do six hours of programming and then and they repeat that four times and you know pound on people's heads.
2: no i would just add on that we live in a society that is very confusing to me like you and i haven't discussed how to build clear a power plant i don't know how but 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 think about it superstar baseball players are commenting on things that they know nothing about yeah so actresses are commenting on things they know nothing about no one even suggests that they know anything about the economy and yet they're taking it like wow yeah. This player says
1: this. Like, <laughs> yeah.
2: They want to sway
1: the people's uh, decision yeah, doing this.
2: Yeah, this is this is nothing. I know, but this is nothing to do. If I needed to learn how to hit a baseball, I would try to find Derek Cheater, <laughs> right? The New York Yankee superstar. If I needed to build a nuclear power plant, I'm going to go to MIT and find some engineers. Or, or by the way, what? And by the way, I'm very pro-nuclear power, don't like, and, and, and I can't believe that environmental people who are like the world's ending are not. I, 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 and that's why I always say, yeah. if you're not for nuclear power, the way Bill Gates, by the way, has developed this whole new smaller nuclear power in salt and in water that can serve 300,000 homes and we can put them everywhere with one design. If you're not for at least investigating that yeah. and you're an environmentalist and says the world's going to end in 100 years if we don't stop all the oil and gas and build electric cars, I have no time for you. Yeah, I just don't have any time to discuss anything with you because we're talking about a system that produces no CO2 that can be done w- if we can do it without the you know, the restraints that we put on it and just build this stuff. We can produce for the middle class energy for the grid that we turn on every day and it works 24 by 7, not wind that doesn't work, not solar that takes up 75 times as much space to build the same amount of power that doesn't the sun doesn't always shine if you're not for that then i don't know what to say to you because the middle class needs cheap energy
1: yeah look at russians and chinese and other countries they're just going full throttle on this technology and we're just uh stuck in um how to do it or in uh, small talk
2: yeah and, and it's, it's bizarre but we need a president that will promote it go around and and stand next to Seabrook in New Hampshire and say, we're going to put Seabrook 2 over there and we're going to do this and we're going to do that and let's go. Capitalism can only really thrive with cheap energy because the middle class can't afford the ups and downs of what happened in Texas with wind. Mm. When rates went out of control, the wind doesn't blow, folks. It's It's ugly. We don't need any wind probably anywhere. It just enriches some corporations. We need cheap energy to drive manufacturing jobs and to enlarge the middle class.
1: That's it, man. That's
2: why I'm running for president. Everything I talk about goes back to this issue, and I and I seem to be the only one saying any of this because right now on another channel, on a, a with a million people watching, Chris Christie is saying that President uh, Trump is a terrible guy and blah blah blah, but he has no policies himself.
0: You need your own channel. This is the rest of America. I'm GlobalCrossover.com and justicenews.net with Imran Siddiqui in Washington, D.C. You're listening to a conversation with the former mayor of Cranston, Rhode Island, Steve Laffey, the Republican presidential candidate for 2024. I was in Vermont
1: sometime back at a farm and the gentleman, the farmer, really cool, hardworking American dude, his name was Jack Lazar. And I said, Jack, we're going to climb up to the windmill. You're going to show me how it works? And he says, it's not working. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? He said, It it stopped. I put it up, man, but it stopped working. And I said, but let's get it fixed. He said, I don't have the guys to fix it. What do you mean? They're in Miami. Let's fly them. I don't have the money. How long has it been like this? It's been there standing since a year. Mm. And fast forward to now, it's it's been five years. It's still there. And it was a, this beautiful, big, gigantic windmill that would run the farm, at least 30% of that. Yeah. But uh, it, it either there was no wind or it was broken down and nobody knew how to fix it because manpower was far away. Yeah. That's a very tough. The answer is uh, easy, affordable energy so people can run their lives and move forward. Yeah. But don't you feel intimidated? Don't you feel alone that you jumped into this so called. I mean Donald Trump said that he's going to clean the swamp and probably had got halfway drowned in it, but you're you're standing up alone in the middle of this swamp and you <laughs> want to fight for Americans. Don't you feel intimidated?
2: No, I don't feel intimidated in some ways though it is so overwhelming the task that you that you are beyond intimidated in other words. I'll give you an example. Running for Mayor Cranston, you visit with people, you have to raise money, and you call people, and some guy says he's going to send 500 bucks, and he never sends it in. You call 10 times. It it makes you upset because you know the person and they're not sending you the 500 bucks because you need 200 grand to win the race, let's say, right? (laughs) Something, right? This is so so big that I don't worry about it. Uh, I know that I'm right. I know that I'm the only person talking about the issues. I know when I meet with the media, they know it too. I, I do. I know that they leave and say to themselves, wow, there's a guy who really wants to fix the country. He's got these six children. He's got this beautiful wife. And I even tweet things like, wouldn't it be better instead of cocaine in the White House to have my daughter, Audrey, is a state champion in making her own dresses? She just, mm-hmm. I just posted on Twitter a couple of days ago. Wouldn't it be better to have someone in the White House making dresses with a couple of extra sewing machines? Or would you rather still have cocaine? All I'm really concerned about is that I can't do this myself. The people listening to the show will have to say, you know what? That guy, I'm going to go help him. And there's going to have to be a groundswell that I can't control at some point in a major way, like what happened to Herman Kane, who became a friend of mine, what happened to him in 2000. Out of the blue,
1: hmm. all of
2: a sudden he was leading in some Florida store poll, and boom, he had a three-month run. And Herman would be the first, because I, I met with him. By the way, he's a great guy. The guy's unfortunately passed away. and. He told me if I ran, what I should do and, and forth. But along the way, we've already seen people start to falter. And I, and I say to people, honestly, listen, I basically helped small growth, st- growth stocks, smaller, you know, grow when I was in the investment banking industry for, for the most part. And I'd rather be a small growth stocks looking at where I can be in six months than what happened to Ron DeSantis. He just played it badly. He's going down. He's never coming back. What happened to Chris Christie? He doesn't have the wherewithal to do this. And by the way, he's a walking, talking disaster for what really has to happen in this country. It's a trillion dollar extra problem. It's healthcare and it's obesity. Another topic that I bring up, and not to make fun of people, but to bring up and say, obesity is 40% of cancers. Obesity in this country is out of control. Mm -hmm. We've got to have a system where healthcare companies are fixing that problem not handing out drugs and i have a, we can go into the whole program for it there should be another episode. For this for yeah. yes it's a, it's a not easy for people to hear but they know i'm correct in other words i just i don't have a bone to tell you something that is politically like ah, i'll just say this and maybe you won't pay attention i only can tell people although i love to kiss babies and i you know i love the retail politics and shake hands and i love it i do it all day long in this particular race, it won't matter. It doesn't matter how many hands I shake in New Hampshire. I've got to get on national TV. So, but I think when I look at the other candidates and they're going nowhere, that at some point the nation, national media will say, there's enough about this guy, Laffey. Look at the stuff he says. Why don't we cover him for three weeks? And if that happens, the world will change. Mm-hmm. Because that guy listening all over will say, yes. I don't even like what he's saying about some of these things, but you know what? He's right. And that's what we need right now. And that's why I'm running. And when he comes and it, you know, I'm running really because of my children. I mean, I don't want my children to think I didn't really try to help the country. You know, I don't know if you know, but my, my, the reason that people, the reason that people really haven't heard from me, the reason I didn't run for governor of Colorado, for example, which I had all planned to do is that my daughter, Sarah Grace Laffey at the age of 18 came down with stage four neuroblastoma cancer on May 29th of 2015. And she still has it. And my wife, Kelly Laffey, went to the hospital for two years. Now, she came home every couple of weeks. We had to sell the horses. I took over homeschooling three little kids. Now, I have six kids. She was homeschooling them. And this is why I talk about education and why I should be president, because I know more about this stuff, healthcare. There's no other person running for president who's seen 5 to $8 million of care. Healthcare bills cross his desk. Now, we have insurance. We have to pay it. Mm. Other people don't. But no one's seen what I've seen, I think, running for president. Other people, by the way, have and seen worse than me. Don't get me wrong. Mm. Yeah. But my daughter, Sarah Grace Laffey, still has cancer. She crawled her way back to graduate from college remotely at Colorado State University. And she has a graduate degree at Boston University. And she got married. And she still has cancer. So she's been given six months to live twice, one day to live once. She's still here with us.
1: God will decide who lives how long.
2: Exactly. So why am I having a bad day or worried about anything? By the way, God says don't worry about this stuff. He takes care of the birds and take care of me. So why am I having a bad day when my daughter, you know, she has teeth problems from the chemo. I mean, she's in pain. So Why shouldn't I run for... I mean, I know more about these things that I can empathize with people about and fix than anybody running. That's why I'm running. Hmm. And by the way, those three little kids I homeschooled, they're all juniors at college. So why shouldn't I be in charge of education and promoting education? Why shouldn't I be? What are the other people doing? My kids don't write woke papers at college. They write papers of what they believe about. My youngest a child Stephen laffey jr is the youngest admittee at Cairo state university in its history according to their admissions department he's a 15 year old junior in college the one i homeschooled so why shouldn't i be in charge of education for the country at least in a emotional way i know what i'm talking about
1: i you know the thing is that you're the kind of guy you know just like what you said at the top of the interview that you know how to put right people in place and, and that's what you know we should be telling our kids that hey son daughter you want to get something done go to the expert otherwise you will go circles round and round and never get the work done That's save your time and money and energy go to the expert get it done yes. and then on top of that you you know about the family experiences and and health and i mean so much that you know it was it's just fascinating to find out that there's somebody like this in america who reminds me of to be honest, which I was trying to be Little House on the Prairie, because Little House on the Prairie, no matter how much people make fun of that or whatever, you know, a part of Little House on the Prairie was the real America. Yeah. That was the America where empathy, values, family, uh, faith, you know, it was just yeah. a perfect box to carry with you. And what We still watch it. <laughs> yeah, and, and then the best part is that there's still uh, a huge uh, part of that still existing in America. But what role do you think you can play in improving the lives of fellow American citizens who've been played around for far too long now?
2: Well, I'd like to be the president so I could be the leader uh, of bringing back, uh, not all the way Little House in the Prairie as a as a metaphor, but to bring back values not that i'm a perfect person i'm a sinner i don't get me wrong but to bring back value so people who meet my children say oh maybe we could raise our children that way and again not perfectly but based on what i'm seeing if you look at my children they're high-performing successful people so if i can't do that if i can only change some of this where people i get into a debate eventually and people have to agree on some of these issues, and we change some of these issues so that young people get Social Security or the Federal Reserve gets changed, or, then I'll be happy. I don't know what I can do, but I've got to do something because I know the answers. I, I'm, I'm 100% convinced that I'm the best person to be the president at this time in the country, just like I was the best person to be the mayor. I never would have been elected mayor after not living there for 20 years if it wasn't a financial crisis. Between now and the election, there's going to be another financial crisis that makes SVB Bank look like small potatoes and makes 2008 look like small potatoes. It could mm-hmm. be pushed off for it even in one more year.
1: Mm-hmm. But over
2: the next several years, mm-hmm. it's a couple of years, it's, it's happening and it's starting to happen now, which is why I'm running. Yeah. And I believe that the people with no answers who won't answer these questions are going to be toast. And at some point, even the people at CNN, God bless them are going to say to themselves, hey, you know what? I'm 35. This guy could get me Social Security. Let's cover him.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, people act in their own self-interest. I get it. But we need a revival in this country, a religious re- revival for sure, a financial revival and a revival, a purposeful revival. And I'd like to lead it because I think I'm at 61. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I'm in good health. I have all the facilities around me. I remember who my first grade teacher is. I'm, joke- I'm not joking about it. I know all this stuff. I'm sort of the class historian still for my first grade buddies. And I can do this. So people, if you're listening, let me do it. Help. Spread the word. Go to the website and make it like a, a grass fire that takes off on a dry day. One day where people say, you know what? We're not even going to like half the stuff that guy does. But we're going to be a better country when he's done
1: they already don't like a lot of the stuff that's already being done. So even if half of the stuff that you do is likable, they'll still be close to 100%. They will. But you know what? What?
2: People, if they think it's fair, it goes back to my movie. Hmm. If people think thought it was fair, they will stick their fist in with the other fist, like a high school basketball team and say, I'm in. Yeah. People don't think it's fair. If they had a leader that they thought whose son wasn't, you know, painting paintings for 500 grand or mm. or wealthy in-laws who dealt with Saudi Arabia, just had a normal family, they said, you know what? The guy does stuff. It's going to be fair. I may not get as much. I'm still in because I love America. That crowd is still there. They just don't know they have a candidate. It's actually me.
1: Well, now they do. His name is Steve Laffey, and they can check him out on stevelaffey.com. That's it. And I'll tell you one more thing. That uh, and I and I really mean it. I you got my vote, man. Well, thank you. But at the same time, you know, I have to be uh factual that this guy has an uphill battle that I I haven't seen anyone fight before. I mean, your battle, I don't think anyone fought, I I don't think Bernie was even close to no, I don't think so. What you were about to do. I'm
2: running for president. I feel very confident that if my message was heard that I would win. I may not win, but we can't do the least worst thing anymore. We have to have somebody who will promote policies that will help our younger people that we've taken too much from and enlarge the middle class and literally stop the hatred so that many of the mainstream media people won't know what to do or write about anymore. That's what we can do as a country. We can do this and, and, and I can do it. And I've been spending 20 years of my life getting ready for it without really knowing it instead of running an investment banking firm forever and making more money. I stopped at the age of 39 to help. And I, and I, and except for Cranston, I have failed, but some people fail for a long time and then are successful. And I have it in my heart that we can fix this country and not fight so much So that little Steve Laffey somewhere in Memphis, Tennessee today, in eighth grade, will actually become me, become successful, rather than what's about to happen to the millions of them who will not. They come from troubled families. They're really smart. They need help. We can help those people have a future. And that's why I'm here, to see if we can. And I'm not going to stop until we do.
0: Welcome to Global Crossover, the intersection of peace. This is Intersections. Global Crossover. People. Energy. And geopolitics. GlobalCrossover.com